0: Hallelujah, everybody. Come on, stand with me. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap. Isn't he worthy today? Amen. Raise your hands. Father, we give you praise and glory. Thank you for your house, your people. Thank you for your blessing on those who stay and those that are getting sent out of this place. Bless all the outreach churches that have been raised up and sent out from this place. Lord, I thank you that today those in this place will be touched by your spirit, will walk with the Almighty, and will say at the end, our day has been well spent. In the presence of the Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Praise God, go ahead and be seated. Let's give pastor a good hand clap. Everybody claps for the, amen. Clap real good, amen. You know, everybody claps for the guest speaker. There wouldn't be no guest speaker without the pastor, hallelujah. So I always like to salute the preachers. You bring a Bible this morning. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, if you would, chapter 11. Amen, and bring your greetings from Miss Janine, my wife, and um, all is going well. She just got back from South Africa, went to go see her mom and dad, so um, she came home to a little bit of a mess, so she's digging out, amen. Not my mess either, other people's mess, so I'm just glad I wasn't on the list, praise the Lord. So she's cleaning out a little bit, amen. Praise God. Here in Hebrews chapter 11, we'll pick it up at verse 4. I want to get right into the scriptures today. Is that all right? You know, you can almost anymore just turn on the, the news like Pastor was saying a little bit. Watch what's going on in Israel. Amen. You think people would wake up just a little bit. Amen. For as much as they're saying the Bible isn't true, it seems to be happening pretty good. Wars, rumors of wars, Sodom and Gomorrah. Men's hearts failing them from fear. I went in for my annual physical and found out my doctor was on antidepressants. (laughs) I said, uh, maybe you should talk to me for a little bit. Hallelujah. Amen. I deal with the souls of people. That's what I do. Praise God. But, you know, over the course of time, the church, say the church, the church not only is, you know, I mean, we have the answers through Christ. Jesus isn't an answer. He is the answer. Amen. Amen. And so I love what you're talking about today, sharing the love of Jesus Christ and, and um, helping people walk with God. Amen. Here in Hebrews chapter four, let's pick it up at verse or chapter 11. Let's go. Verse four It says, by faith, Abel, say faith, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts through it, he being dead still speaks. In other words, we're still learning stuff from, from what he did. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. That's pretty cool. It's kind of like a personal rapture. Amen. Some people don't believe in the rapture. I still do. Amen. You see, leave whenever load you want, but I'm going on the first one out. Praise God. By faith, Enoch was taken away. He did not see death. He was, he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he... Pleased God. Isn't that wonderful? But without faith, let's here's where I want to focus. But without faith, it is impossible. Say impossible. Do you see a date stamp on that, that that's going to change sometime soon? Or it changed when, quote, the word of faith revival, as people might call it, is is come and gone. Now God's changed somehow. This is all still the same, is it not? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, look at this, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently, say diligently, diligently seek him. You know, sometimes you got to fix your diligently. Amen. Sometimes I work with people, their idea of work and my idea of work, it's the same word, but it's a different meaning. Amen. I had one guy, he was raking with me, and I looked over at him. and He was just what I would call real gingerly, you know, and he's raking away. And I said, brother, I said, when you were a kid, did you get in trouble for playing with your food? He says, yeah, in fact, I did. How'd you know? I said, because that's how you work. You're just kind of moving it around. You're not doing anything with it. You're killing me, Smalls. Let's go. We got things to do today. And, and you know, it, but he thought he was really making it happen. I didn't, and I'm paying for it, but not for long. But you have to fix your diligently every now and then. He who, he who comes to God must believe that he is a rewarder. You know, Jesus didn't heal all the lepers. He healed the lepers who came. He didn't wave his hand over all of Israel and say, all the leprosy be gone. He healed the ones who... Cain. Even when the man was lowered down through the, through the roof, there was already a whole room of people. You can look it up in Luke chapter 5, 17. There was already a whole room of people, so they couldn't get anybody else in the room. That's why they tore the roof off and lowered him down. But the Bible says that, that there were people there. The priests were there. The Spirit of the Lord was there to heal, but nobody was getting healed until they, he saw their faith. Faith connects you with God. That didn't change from God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sometimes you got to work on your diligently. Amen? They, this here says that they diligently. They diligently serve the Lord. You know, you think about Abel for just a little bit. His brother's Cain. Abel kept offering a good, a good sacrifice. He kept coming to church. He kept showing up. He kept giving his tithe. Cain didn't. Sometimes you get watching people who aren't serving God, that'll kind of affect your your service. Amen? But even though Cain stopped being diligent, Abel didn't. Are you with me this morning? You know, there's part of walking with God, God can't do for you, you have to do for you. Did you ever notice that? You know, right now there's a whole lot of talk about equal outcome, but you need to talk a little bit about God. God says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, in the gleaning days in the Old Testament with Ruth, have you ever read your Bible? Everybody knows your Bible here. But in, back in those times and before they had what we call, you know, social services and whatnot. If, if you wanted to eat, and you didn't have enough. The farmers were required not to, to harvest the corners of their fields. Now, I don't know why, because it's not like they had combines they couldn't walk over to the corner and get it, but they were supposed to leave it on the edges. And there Ruth was allowed to come and glean or to pick up what was left over. Did you notice God didn't mail it to her? Are you with me on a Sunday morning? Am I cussing at you or are you all right? But there was a diligently for Ruth. There was a diligently she had to do. There was a diligently for the lepers. There was a diligently for the paraplegic. There, was, or a paraplegic. there was a diligently that the woman had to have with the issue of blood. Jesus didn't heal everybody in the crowd. Just the diligent one. Every now and then you got to check on your diligently. Can you say amen? Go with me if you would to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Are you with me? Verse one, now it shall come to pass if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I have commanded, that the Lord will bless you above high and above all the nations, and then it goes on. But this isn't a carte blanche promise to everybody. It's available to everybody. You know, I was, I was looking at Brad. He seems to be getting bigger every year. I had a minister friend of mine years ago. I used to preach for him. He was about 65 at the time. He was still bench pressing about 300, 375 pounds. And I was talking to him as we had gone to the gym together. And I said, I said, man, brother, I said, you really amaze me. That's pretty good. You know, I was doing about 340. <laughs> so I was pretty impressed. And he said, you know, Ray, he said, you see these guys here in the gym with me? He said, some of these guys came to be a member of this gym at the same year I did but they don't look any different than they did when I first met them. Because when they come here, they, they play around. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. They, they walk a little bit, they maybe move a few things, but really they're a member, they pay their dues, but when they get here, they never do anything with it. And that doesn't change you. That doesn't change you. You know, I was never a a big fan of the NBA. So there's probably some NBA fans here. Some guys really like that. I I was more of a wrestler than a basketball player. And everybody on the basketball team was good with that. Amen. But when I was listening to an interview, there was a there's a basketball player by the name of Kobe Bryant. Did you know that name. He used to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. Several championships, did real well. I was just never a fan because i i felt like he just never passed enough right especially late in the game when he was accused of being what we used to call a ball hog but i heard an interview with one of his friends after he passed away and i don't use god's pulpit to quote worldly people because to me this is time for god to speak out of his word amen but you know paul brought in a truth about the way people served in athletics how they went after their goal so let me just kind of bring this in and then we'll, we'll launch from here, is that all right? This man was talking to Kobe, he said, hey man, they were friends, he said, why don't you ever pass late in the game? Why do you take the last shot? This is what he said, he said, have you ever seen how hard my teammates work? He said, no, he said they show up just in time for practice. Then they practice and they leave the second the whistle blows. They go in, they shower, they get in their nice cars, and off they go. He said, you know what my day's like? He said, I'm up at 5.30 or 6 o'clock every morning. I'm viewing tapes, I go and I come in early to the gym, I'm there by seven and I work with a guy, and he'll say, we'll do that for two, three hours. Right up until just about time for practice, I'll go in, I'll shower, I'll get cleaned up so I show up fresh and I'll do the whole practice with everybody else. Then he said, after practice, when they all go home, they get in their nice cars, and they all go home. He said, then I'll go into the gym and I'll work on all the stuff that I can do alone. All my set shots, all of my free throw shots, and I'll be another two or three hours every day. Now he said, we come down to the last shot of the game. Our whole game is on the line. Our whole season is on the line. And you want me to give the ball to those guys? Puts a different perspective on it. He said, they haven't earned the right to take that shot. He said, that last shot I have practiced at least a hundred times, probably a thousand if I add them all up. And I have practiced that and practiced that and practiced. You know how many times those guys have practiced that? Not one time. Why would I give up the ball to those guys? When they've done nothing to earn the right to take that last shot. Doesn't that put a different perspective on it? Don't you think. Since God put us in what I consider the last of the last days. Gave us the baton to the gospel. That when you go to prayer and ask the Lord to anoint you. Shouldn't you make him want to. Give you the last shot. Shouldn't we live a life. That God says, I want them. They've earned the right to be in the last minute. They've earned the right to have the baton of the gospel handed to them. That the apostle Paul who laid down his life, Jesus who laid down his life, John, Peter, James, they all laid down their life. That they're glad that this has been entrusted now to your care to run the last lap. You don't ever earn the anointing. But can't, you at le- can't we at least earn God's respect that we have so diligently given ourselves to this, we have practiced our verses, we have rehearsed things, that we have fixed our diligently? Does that make sense to anybody? That at least in God's eyes, when he sees us, he says, I, I want him to drum. I want her to sing. I want him on TV. I want this church to become famous in this region because they'll win souls and preach my word and they won't compromise my ways because people don't like people speaking in tongues. I want them well-known. Do you understand what I'm saying? We should live our lives in such a way that even, you know, the next person here is Noah. My goodness, or in, in um, Hebrews 11 there, Noah's whole generation turned away from God. Their families aren't coming to church. Their, their families aren't building the ark. Noah never skipped a beat. He kept showing up while they were polishing their fancy cars. Looking good, not paying their tithe didn't do anything to serve God, never did anything to honor God. And there's Noah, every service, every service, every service, every service. Come on, kids, we're going to church. Dad, why we got to go? None of my friends go. I know you've never heard that before. Uh Noah had the great ability to block everybody else out and just focus on what God Almighty had told him to do. So easy to get distracted by, this neighbor's doing that, and that person's got this, and you know, even in Psalms, the psalmist said, Lord, it seems like the wicked are getting ahead and the righteous are falling behind. God said, you just wait, you just wait. Even to Habakkuk, Habakkuk said, Lord, it seems like the vile people are getting ahead and and the Christians are falling behind, and God said, we're not done yet. We're not done yet, nobody's getting away with anything. I tell, my, I tell my family all the time, I, you can ask my son Nathan. I went in his bedroom one day and I said, you know, Nate, I don't know who the first person to go to hell was, but they're still there. Walked out. He'll tell you to this day, he said, I was about 11 years old. That's never left me. Because you can choose to be them. They just can't choose to be you. Not once you die. You want mercy, you have to get it here. There's mercy available, but you got to get it now. Amen? You got to get it now. Once you die, there is no more. Don't let anybody lie to you. Nobody can pray you out. Beads, candles, nothing. Once you're there, it's eternal. And, and here what the, what the psalmist is saying is, is it's, you got to work on your diligently. Sorry, what Deuteronomy, God's saying, if you'll diligently seek me. Hebrews said, if you'll diligently, you know, a lot of times we talk about God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you're right. He required diligence in Deuteronomy. He required diligence in Hebrews. Old and New Testament, God's not the problem. Right? He hasn't changed a bit. You know, it's a funny thing. God has always forbidden homosexuality. Always. Always. It seems this generation feels like they can come into his house and boss him around. You know, if I invite my neighbors over for for food, they're welcome to the food, but they're not welcome to go in the fridge and grab what they want. We're going to have a different discussion. If I reach in my wallet and give you $20, that's different than if you reach in my wallet and take $20. $20. One's a blessing and one will evolve the fear of God. (laughs) Do you know if you come in God's house and you ask Him for a blessing, He'll be glad to give it to you. But there are things that God requires of us to diligently seek God. You want your healing, you have to be diligent. You might feel, you know, the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, What do I have to do to be saved? And God, Jesus said to him, what? He said, sell all that you have and give it to the poor. He's not saying you have to be broke. He's saying, I'm preaching among the poor. Help me do that. Help me do that. And he just turns and walks away because he's he's rich. But standing right there is Peter, James, and John, who Jesus basically said something very similar to. Leave your nets and follow me. What did they do? They laugh. Well, you can't get Peter's Peter's results. What? Acts chapter 10. He gets called to preach to Cornelius. He brings the revival of the born again Holy Spirit experience to the Gentile nations. Amen. Peter walks to church and they line the street with sick people and they start popping up. Why? God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But you don't see those kind of results out of the rich young ruler. Why? God didn't love him as much as he loved Peter. Sure, he loved them both. But he's a rewarder of those who Diligent. diligently seek him. You know, this church, Pastor was mentioning about cutting wood. You know, this church probably knows me mo- as well or better than any other church I go to. Do you know, I got, the Lord spoke to me in 85. That He said, I want you to teach. I found my pastor in, in 1987 and began to work underneath him. And then from 91 until 2000. Um, Four, I worked for him and worked hard. That's how I met pastor. and then in '04, I came off a of staff, and I started traveling some. There wasn't enough to live on, so I cut firewood, as most of you know, and I did that for a couple of years, and then I ran out of a good amount of wood, so I started taking down trees and worked with another brother in the church, and then he stabbed me in the back and didn't want to work together anymore. I know that never happens here. You're all wonderful, but where I'm from, not everybody is. took me a while to get over that, have you ever? Caught me a little bit off guard. In fact, your pastor was there when that happened to me. If it hadn't been for him being my friend, I'll never forget you drove by that day and what a blessing you were. This man's always been in the right place at the right time for me. I'm not his friend just because he's a nice guy. This big guy walks with God. And uh, went through all of that. But, you know, over the course of time, I've sold the tree business. I don't split firewood anymore. I, this is the honest truth. I was telling one of the people here this morning. I think you and I were talking, Monica. I, I, July 4th and the following weekend were the last time I've been home on a Sunday since almost today. I think one or two times since. I'll, I'll leave. I have this meeting today. I'll leave to head to Amarillo, Texas tomorrow. I'll be there Tuesday through Friday helping Dr. Barclay with his meeting. Friday morning I'll get up. I got about a 12, 14 hour drive up to um, Dayton, Ohio area. I'll preach there Sunday morning, Sunday night. And then I head home. That'll be my first Sunday off now in months. I'm not doing firewood anymore because God is a rewarder he's good for his word but Ray had to have a diligently time there, there's a time for me to do my side of things I know people I know you're all smiling saying amen brother Ray we love you I just I can feel it wanting to come out so just say amen, amen. <laughs> but you know over the course of time now I've honestly I've never looked back pastors talking about a little damage from the tree work I tore my rotator cuff in May June I had surgery just before the 4th of July, July 1st, I had, wasn't out preaching, you know, the first weekend of July. And, and somebody called me and said, Brother Ray, I just feel led to send you an offering. So I just feel led to receive it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So I thought that was pretty good. If I wasn't preaching. I was still getting the same offering I had if I had been out preaching. That's That's awesome. And, and I, next Sunday, I was getting ready to go to our home church. I got my arm in a sling. And the phone rings. Another pastor, actually the same guy, said, I want to give you another offering. I said, I want to receive another offering. Hallelujah! We're a pretty good team, me and you. Come, come mid, come mid July. I went to go preach for a guy. Can I just testify a little bit? Is that all right? Because he's a rewarder. Say a rewarder. Say rewarder. Say it three times with me. He He is a, he is a, he is a, he's a. He's not a taker. He's a blesser. God sets up win-win situations like nobody you have ever met in your life. You're not just going to be in his house working. He's going to go to your house and go to work. You're not just going to bless and prosper his house. He's going to go bless and prosper your house. You know, in February, this pastor called me and said, I, I want to have you in to preach in July. I said, that'd be great. So we set up the date and then I'd been there before, so I said, that, that'd be good. I bumped into him in, in a meeting in March. He said, you know, it's the funniest thing, Ray. He said, the Lord spoke to me and told me what I'm supposed to give you in your offering in July. And I hadn't even told my shoulder, tore my shoulder yet. And that amount he was told to give to my offering in July, I have, I don't know about you, I know my monthly budget. Do you, do you budget? He, that, that one offering covered my entire month's budget. I haven't even hurt my shoulder yet. I can't even catch up. The blessings are already coming. So I hurt my shoulder in May, July, June. I have the surgery at the end part of June, 20th of June. And I, I get this one guy calling me, chasing me down with offerings. And, and the next time I go to preach, I'm getting ready to preach for this guy and I called him I said hey I just want you to know I've torn my shoulder I'm still in a sling. He said you know I tore my shoulder about two years ago and I had to preach in the sling all the time my people are used to it. Because <laughs> I could have figured that out in February before I even hurt myself the blessings are already coming. That's what, he, that's what Deuteronomy says. If you serve the Lord blessing, or you serve the Lord diligently, these blessings will come upon you. You don't have to go chase them down; they'll come to you. I didn't put letters out and cry to everybody and tell them, oh my gosh, what am I going to do?" God was already fixing things; hadn't even broke yet. So I go preach for him in July, and I I get my offering, and it's more than what he committed to give to me. So I got home and I I called him and I said, hey, you know, I just I so appreciate your generosity and obeying God. And then you went above and beyond. I said, man, what a blessing you are. And his wife gets on the phone, you know, when you're on the speakerphone in the car and you don't know about it. She said, Brother Ray, she said, you know, we gave you more on purpose, but then we counted the offering and then more came in than what we gave you on top of what we already promised you. So I got another offering coming to you. huh he's a rewarder of those who if you want god to bless you more maybe you ought to take a look at your diligently just a little bit you know i um i'm an okay hunter i'm not a great hunter but my pastor dr barclay tells this story and it's probably helped me as much or more than anything, he's ever taught. Go with me to Second Kings while I'm testifying, and then I need to kind of get wrapping up here. Second Kings, chapter two, if you would. My pastor, Dr. Barclay, was in the Marines before he got born again. He taught sniper school, right? Snipers. If you don't know, that's the long distance, right? Shooters. He said, "What tends to happen." with marksman is he said you know like if you go out and you see this deer and all of a sudden there's the rack of all racks right this is this is the one that's going on the wall this isn't the one you're gonna hide in the back closet like everybody's gonna see this one he said what happens is is almost everybody they will so focus on that target that they lose track of where their gun is right on your gun, you have your front sights and then you have your back sights. It's kind of, not to insult your intelligence, but in case you, the back one kind of looks like a U and then the front one will be like a BB or there'll be a little notch or if you've got a scope, it'll have crosshairs. And what you have to do is look through that back sight, through that front sight and line those up. And he said, as a sniper, you're trained that your focus is on, on those two sights. And he said, you barely see that target in the background. But most people focus only on that target, their vision, their dream, their business, their ministry, whatever. And they lose track of their daily routine. Your prayer life, your Bible study, your confession, your diligently. And what happens is is you're trying to hit this target, but you're not lined up with it. Mm -hmm. Your heart's not right because the word isn't in you, so your mouth isn't right. It's a byproduct of what's in your heart but you don't line up that, that word coming out of your mouth with that goal of where you want to be because your prayer life, your daily prayer life isn't where it ought to be. Check your diligently. Prayer time this week. Prayer time last time pastors called for prayer. Bible study time. That, that daily routine sets you up so you're ready for the day. Otherwise, you're trying to respond to everything that happens today without that power and that grace that only comes yes, from being in prayer. Does that make sense? Every now and then you gotta check your diligently. Does that make sense to you? Here in Second Kings chapter chapter two, verse nine. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I may do for you. In other words, the older prophets asking the young man who is coming up underneath him, ask what may I do for you before I am taken away from you. And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Now, let's just kind of hold that for a minute. A lot of time that's been taught and is commonly taught and I'm okay with it that you know he's asking for twice as much the anointing is what his his pastor his leader had but if you look at that a little bit deeper what he's actually saying in his humility is I am half the man you are if you want me to take over after you it's going to take twice as much anointing just to bring me up to where you are because I am so far behind you this is humility talking He's saying, if you'll give me a double portion, that's what I want. Look at this, verse 10. Look at the prophet's response. You have asked a hard thing. This isn't going to be easy. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, if you're still here, if you haven't left the church, if you stay till the end, Jesus, the Bible says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. If you quit early, the Bible says, says the Lord says, I have, I have no pleasure in them. Those who endure to the end, Jesus said, book of Revelations. As he said, if you're still here when I, when I am taken from you, sorry, if you see me when I am taken from you, let me get this right. He asked the heart that I can read. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. So what's he say? He says, I want a double portion of your anointing. Elijah's response was, that's going to depend on your diligently. If your diligently fades, I can't give that to you. Only God can give you that anointing. But he's only a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Did you ever notice that this offer wasn't made to any of the people that are in the school of the prophets? All the people who just sat around and got knowledge but never put it into use? Right? It's available, but he didn't make it available to any of the people in the school of the prophets. When Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, Why didn't he just say, come to the meetings and hear me preach? Because there's a diligently required. I talked about it last time I was here. I keep record of what I preach. I'm not just repeating things. If I get in my Bible bag right there and I grab the key to my car, now they don't really have keys, they have fobs. What a sissy name, fob. (laughs) Certainly, I did not come up with it. But if I grab my fob and I hit, the, I hit the door button, it likely won't work from here. There's nothing wrong with the car and there's nothing wrong with the key fob. It's the distance. It won't work from here. I'm not close enough yet. If I'll get closer, I'll connect. Nothing wrong. It's just too far away. Some people want Peter's results with the rich young ruler's dedication level. And it doesn't work like that. We talk a lot about the apostles and you can do the same thing the apostles do. And I believe that. That's what I believe. But you can't do that if you're the sons of Sceva. You only know about Jesus. You don't know him. Does this make sense to anybody on a Sunday morning? What's the apostle, or sorry, what's this whole prophet saying to this young man? What you want is available. It's actually even a good thing. It's just the reason most people don't get it is their diligently isn't working. Does that make sense? Their diligently. Over the course of the years, even with this church, There's times that your diligently has to kick in because your gift doesn't. You have a role to play. I've been married to Janine since 1986. It's been the joy of my life. But there's times my diligently has to kick in. Amen. She was gone for six weeks. You know, I never missed anything. I never laid something down and couldn't find it again. She's been home for a week. I can't find anything. Wonder what's changed around here? Strike that from the tape. What are you you saying? Everything God gives you in life, he's not just sovereignly going to wave his hand and everything is beautiful. You have a role to play in that. And if you'll line up your lifestyle with that word, You'll get in the sights, your prayer life, your Bible study, it's in your word and in your, in your heart and in your mouth. You get diligent about the things of God and you take your dedication level in God up to the next level, you'll be shocked how many miracles are here that aren't here. If you just fix your diligently. That's your helps, that's your dedication. When you give your word, you're gonna do something. That's your tithe. that's your offering. And if you'll take that up a notch or six and fix your diligently, you'll find that he really is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Can you say amen? Give the Lord a good hand clap. Thank you everybody for your time. God bless you, Pastor.
1: When I add to that, my fob is in my phone. Isn't that a dumb name? It's a dumb name. But I also have a ring that I wear, but I can't get close and at work. I have to lay my hands on the car. I can't lay it on the back. I can't lay it on the hood. I've got one spot. I lay my hand. I just put my, I don't scratch it. I just lay my hand on it. Then the door opens. It's the same way of Jesus. I mean, we, we, we like to play church and come once in a while, and we're all guilty. So many things nowadays, too, it blows my mind how sports has become the god of everybody, no matter who you are. Oh, no, it's so important. Well, yeah, I understand that. But he's first. Now, I'm not saying remove your kids from sports. I'm just saying adjust your priorities on Wednesday night so they can see what's most important. See them every other. Now, I better be careful. I'll be, have people. But it's true. You've got to lay hands on it. You've got to touch him. You've got to be close to him. You've got to be around the other people to touch him. Travis would never have got saved if he hadn't been around two people that loved him. God would have maybe brought somebody else. But what I'm saying is you've got to make contact. You've got to make contact with Jesus. You've got to have that alone time. You've got to have that reading time. You say, well, that's works. No, that's diligence. We're a mess, folks. And if I'm not with him, I get far from him just like my car. I, I like my car, but I'm not going nowhere unless I touch it. Otherwise, it don't let me get in. Then sometimes I wonder what I'm doing. I'm eating in it. It's smarter than I am. And so is he. <laughs> Let's take up an offering. Let's be diligent to help him move down the road, help him take care of his his budget. He already spent what the guy blessed him, so he needs more money than that. Uh. If you're writing checks, write to Grace Church, and he'll get everything that comes in, probably plus. We've always been a giving church. That's what has always blowed my mind here. Uh, there's nobody here who are millionaires, but we give like we're millionaires, and that's why we've got it all the time. You know, it's so interesting. I'll never forget. You can't, Ed Spiller said this when Ed was here, you cannot give God. And when you, I love to give. And when you give, it's amazing how it comes in the back door and you've got more to give. And the more you give, the more you give, the more you got to give. It's an amazing thing. Father, we thank you for everybody here. And thank you that everybody here to some degree is going to give a little bit. We can't go, we can't go to McDonald's. We can't go to Reed's Harvest House and eat. And now they can't eat anywhere without spending a lot of money. So thank you that we've been fed spiritually. Thank you that this seed has been planted will never leave. It won't digest and leave. It will always be with us. And we thank you that this eternal seed is going to grow. But we want to be a part of what is taking place here, Father. Thank you for every dime that's given. Thank you that everybody gave that gave is going to get blessed. They're going to get returned. They're going to get rewarded for diligently giving in this offering. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Right here, right here. Right here. God is good. After you guys give, praise worship team. Will you come up? God is so good. We made pork steaks for Ray yesterday, Amen. and but what got him more than the pork steaks was the apple pie a little bit of ice cream on it. But besides the apple pie was a slice of cherry pie. Double portion. Double portion. <laughs> Good stuff, he's gonna eat again before he takes off. Heading to Amarillo, I don't know exactly where that's located, but I know there's a, it's a long way there. Is that south, anybody know Texas? Is that yes. left Texas, west Texas? Nothing's over there. People. People need God. We're done here. You all good? Yeah. Let's all stand up. Let's close out. Father, thank you. As we close out with this music, Father, thank you that we lift up our praises to you and our worship to you, knowing that every little bit of seed we get this planet, you are going to make it grow. We thank you for that in Jesus' name.
2: que vá. Trust in you, Jesus.
1: Listen, doesn't matter what you're going through, what's taking place, he's got it. And our place is just to trust each day and enjoy life a little bit. Everybody loosen up. Have fun with him. Father, we thank you. You are honey in the rock. You've got everything we'll ever need. Everything we'll ever need. All we have to do is press in, love you and trust you and watch everything come about like you've got a plan. In Jesus' name. Amen. Call you blessed. You're dismissed. If you want to run up here and punch him in the belly or something, that'd be all right with me.